Welcome to the PD tour of the Francis Marion Trail podcast, following the driving trails developed by the Francis Marion Trail Commission in South Carolina. You'll hear stories of the Swamp Fox, the Revolutionary War hero, General Francis Marion. The podcast is a creation of the Florence Convention and Visitors Bureau with adaptations of stories collected by the Francis Marion Trail Commission. Some are historical accounts and others may be folklore. We'll let you listen and decide. This episode can be enjoyed while driving to the Battle of Lower Bridge, just off of Highway 377 near Salters, South Carolina. Captain James picks a fight. It is incredible to believe that so much was going on in the James family at one time, but it was. While Major James and General Francis Marion were being chased by over a thousand militia into North Carolina, the Major's wife and children were being held prisoner in their homes by Major James Weems. The Major's son, Captain John James, had been ordered by Marion to stay in Williamsburg to gather intelligence and aid the distressed. Major Weems had but one plan at that moment, to disarm in the most rigid manner all those who had joined in the uprising. After burning the Presbyterian church at Indiantown, he headed off to Williamsburg and the home of Major James. Weems was resplendent in his great red coat, leather boots, and sidearms. He was polite and conciliatory. Seeking to intimidate the women, he promised free pardon to her husband if she could convince him to come in and lay down his arms. When she answered that she had no such influence on his conscience, Major Weems angrily ordered the woman and her children locked within their home until she complied. From his camp at McGill's plantation, Captain James heard about the plight of his mother and siblings. He knew all too well the fate of those that opposed Weems, and outraged, he fired upon the party of Tories who were attempting to raid the plantation. As Captain James had been captured in the fall of Charleston, he was officially on parole. His choice to take up arms in the British meant that he had broken his parole and faced the possibility of death by hanging. When Weems heard that he was in the area, he ordered his capture and declared, quote, if he is found to have broken his parole, he will be hanged in the morning to yonder tree. With the capture of Captain James, Weems set about to conduct a drumhead court-martial. After getting nowhere questioning the members of the James family, he called in their slaves and attempted to force them to testify against him. No one would speak a word against the captain. With no evidence against the man, Major Weems was forced to acquit Captain James. He then released the James family, but in a fit of rage burned their home while they stood helplessly and watched. The Battle of Lower Bridge. From the beginning to the end of March, 1781, there were skirmishes and fighting in, in several points of the state from the upstate in Kings Mountain and 96 to the Low Country. The movement of troops put Greeleyville and Kingstree in the skirmish line, putting the British and the American loyalists and, or Tories and the American patriots and partisans against one another. This was a civil war with families and friends divided it is likely the partisans on this side of this very river saw relatives or friends among the loyalists on the other side. On March 13, 1781, British Lieutenant Colonel John Watson, with about 150 British regulars and provincials, supported by local Tory militia members, fought a skirmish with General Francis Marion's Patriot Militia at Mount Hope Swamp, about three miles south of Greeleyville, and maybe five miles west of there. Marion attempted to stop Watson at the bridge by deploying Captain William McCautry's riflemen and troops under the command of Colonel Hugh Ory. Lieutenant Colonel Watson brought his two artillery pieces forward and swept Marion's men from the opposite bank with grapeshot. 
Marion withdrew in the direction of Georgetown, expecting Watson to follow. Watson pursued him a short distance, but turned north and headed toward Kingstree, a focal point of rebel activity in the region. Once Marion realized Watson was not moving toward Georgetown, but had turned north, Marion dispatched Major John James of Indiantown with approximately 70 men of arms, including about 30 sharpshooters or riflemen of the Williamsburg militia to ford the Black River. Using their knowledge of the local area, the men took a shortcut and seized the lower bridge over the Black River. James and his men arrived on the north bank of the river and began to remove planks from the bridge. Captain William Robert McCautry and his riflemen were, were placed near the bridge, and the rest of the Patriot militia, armed with muskets, were placed on the flank. Watson's advance party arrived on the south bank overlooking the river to find the missing planks. They then came under fire from the riflemen and withdrew. Attempting to use tactics that worked so well at Mount Hope Swamp, Watson brought his artillery forward to drive McCautry's men away. However, the British on the side of the river were on higher ground than the Patriots to the north, and the British could not depress their cannon barrels low enough to inflict Patriot casualties. Volley after volley of British cannon fire flew harmlessly through the treetops of the Patriots. McCotry's riflemen concentrated their fire on the cannon crews, inflicting casualties and forcing Colonel Watson to withdraw his artillery from the riverbank. John Watson was a brave leader of the courage of a British guardsman. Forming his troops in a column, he sent them towards the river. At their head marched a captain, his sword waving encouragingly. As the Briton reached the ford, Captain McCautry sprang up, took careful aim, and fired. Four men ran to bear off their captain. All four shared his death. Baffled, with his tired troops huddled around him, John Watson remained in the field above the ford until evening. Then he moved to John Witherspoon's plantation above the bridge and established headquarters in the Witherspoon home. To his unwilling Whig hostess, he confessed, I have never seen such shooting before in my life. Francis Marion went into the saplings on the river below the fort. He knew that the struggle for Lower Bridge had been only a skirmish, brief and hot, but with less than a dozen wounded and killed. Only 50 yards of shoulder-deep water separated the British from the conquest of the Santee country. But neither courage nor heroism beyond the call of duty could have driven the Williamsburgers from Lower Bridge. Simple countrymen, armed with squirrel rifles, fowling pieces, and homemade swords, they had thrown back one of the finest regiments of the British Army. Bodies in the quarry, the 30-yard shot, and Marion grants a pass. Courage. The word says a lot. But flesh it out with details, and the picture of Francis Marion and his men begins to take on more life. These patriots may have been simple countrymen in blue jeans armed with squirrel rifles, fowling pieces, and homemade swords, but they did, time and again, throw back some of the finest regiments of the British Army. One story, here presented, demonstrates not only the courage of the patriots, but the valor of Francis Marion. In the face of the starkly contrasting atrocity of the British Colonel Watson. Marion was once again leading Colonel Watson and his troops toward their ultimate date with destiny where each would show their true colors. This sojourn along the path had Watson leading his considerable army toward Lower Bridge on the Black River. Marion had sent Major John James his with 70 men, including 30 of Captain McCautry's finest sharpshooters to cross Lower Bridge, destroy it, and then wait for Watson. 
When McCautry's riflemen picked off every soldier, Watson sent toward the bridge. His desperation to gain control had him ordering their cannons to, t to the top of the bluff. Throughout this terrible cannonade, which proved to be utterly ineffective, the cannon's grape shot managed to tear off the tops of the surrounding trees, but did little other damage. Watson, unrelenting in his desire to gain the bridge, but recognizing that he had never before encountered the level of marksmanship exhibited by McCautry's snipers, called for a cessation of fire in order to bury his dead. In an act designed to conceal the true number of British casualties, Watson had his men drag the bodies a short distance upriver, weigh them down, and quite unceremoniously throw them into a sinkhole. Upon finishing this gruesome task, Watson and his men retreated to John Witherspoon's plantation to rest. Rest was to prove elusive to them, though, as Marion and his sharpshooters, after having repaired the lower bridge for their own crossing, followed Watson and readied for another round of battle. From his perch, high in one of John Witherspoon's oak trees, Sergeant McDonald made his famous 300-yard shot, straight through the knee of Lieutenant George Torriano and the British guards. McDonald was not alone in accuracy or bravery, though. Marion's mounted riflemen and musketeers hovered around Witherspoon's, just out of range, yet keeping their enemy in an uproar. Even after Watson moved his men further upriver and encamped in a large open field, Marion's snipers kept them from the rest and, and recuperation that they desperately needed. Colonel Watson was left with little choice but to ask General Francis Marion for a temporary respite. Let alone forget that the two sides were in mortal combat, Watson's letter requesting cessation of fire to remove his wounded began with only opening volley. Quote, the very extraordinary method you took of sending a letter I received from you makes it rather difficult to guess in what way you mean to carry on this war. Words that might have reignited the fire in General Francis Marion's gut were met instead with a humane response. In answer, I wish to carry on this war as usual with all civilized nations. If you will send me the number of wounded you wish to send to Charlestown, I will send you a pass for them. Even though several more bitterly worded letters exchanged between the men, pass for the wounded was granted and General Francis Marion yet again proved his humility while never letting the British forget the barbarous acts of house-burning and plundering they had engaged in. This concludes the Francis Marion Trail Commission self-guided tour of General Francis Marion sites in the PD region of South Carolina.